Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, next on the programme, West Cork Islands at risk of loss of entire communities due to the housing crisis. It's not something you would ever associate with our offshore islands, a housing crisis. But uh, that is the case. Should more be done to protect our island communities off the coast of Ireland? Well, new research shows that the uh, islands off West Cork are at risk of the loss of entire communities due to the housing crisis. I'm joined on the line by uh, John. And John, you live um, on Bear Island, uh, just off the Bear Peninsula. I do. Good, good afternoon, Adrian. Yeah, I live in Bear Island, down in uh, Bentry Bay. Okay, tell me a little bit about the island itself. Like the island, it's about seven miles by three. The population of about 180 <coughs> people on it. Um, two ferry servers were, were very close to the, the mainland. Um, so there's a good bit of industry on the island. There's a lot of farming, tourism, a bit of fishing, um, a lot of marine industry, boat yard and stuff like that. So it's a fairly progressive island. But um, now housing I, has become an issue. Yeah, no, I was mentioning that, and it's not something I would uh, have automatically associated with our offshore islands is uh, housing becoming a, 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 a problem. How is it becoming a problem? Like, what's happening, first of all, it's very hard to get planning, so it's very hard for people to move onto the island and, you know, get a site and build, and it's even hard for, you know, islanders' children that want to stay in the island, it's hard for him, them to get planning and to build. And then, um, like, even houses, like, say, the cost of living on an island is probably 30 to 40% higher than to build on the mainland and even the Department of Agriculture, you know, if you're building an agricultural shed, they already say, they said a precinct to say that it costs 30% extra to build an agricultural shed in an island. So it's the same for housing, it's 30 or 40% more. So it's just kind of difficult to do. And like there's no social housing on an island, there's no affordable housing on islands, there's no sheltered housing on islands for the elderly. Like there was one quote in the research that we did where an elderly person on the island said, I just prefer to drop dead in my tracks than have to leave the island to go to a home on the mainland and there's no sheltered house on the island for people like that that just want to see their days. Okay, so that's what I was about to say. So in your your, uh, old age, if you need care, you have no choice but to leave the island. Yeah, like there's no kind of sheltered housing. Like we have a great nursing service on the island. We have a great home care service. But when it comes to a point, especially with the old houses with, you know, narrow doorways, um, poor toilets, um, you have to leave then. So... As part of the research, like it came out very strong that we need sheltered housing for the elderly that they can live out their life on the island where they lived all their lives. In terms of you were you were talking about planning, uh, and we know planning is a problem. The length and breadth of the country, the amount of time it takes, is it particularly uh, a particularly arduous process on Bear Island, for example? It is. It can be difficult. Like we have people that move back to the island. Now, there's one man moved back with his with his family, three kids. Um, he had trouble getting planning, and you know. Like, the likes of them people that are willing to come back, like, everything should be done to help them. And, you know, sometimes, like, people like, like to protect the environment, which is right to do, and, and, and they like to protect, you know, biodiversity, which is right to do, but nobody seems to protect the people, you know, the people in rural Ireland or the islanders, like, they have to be protected as well, like, you know, so it needs to be really looked at to see how to, to, to keep people in rural Ireland and keep people living on the islands because they're so important to the culture and heritage of the country. So they really have to be kept. Um, so this research is the first time that there's kind of independent research done and it's funded through the Irish Research Council and it was done by UCC. So Dr. Siobhan O'Sullivan and Dr. Lane Desmond did the research and they were brilliant. 
and the recommendations that they're after bringing out are great and if they're implemented in government policy we have a chance to survive but if we don't if it's not done now I'm afraid a lot of the islands in West Cork will be gone mm. they'll be depopulated then. because it's just become so difficult to uh, house yourself and to stay on the islands for your lifetime yeah it is yeah like even, even give, to give you an example now of, of kind of the way government policy works like in the past if you wanted to put um, a PV tube you know the old tube um, heaters for for solar panels on your roof like for heating water not the PV panels no mm-hmm. but there was a grant of a 50% top up because Sustainable Energy Ireland realised that it cost more to do this on an island to get people in and get the work done and when they brought out the retrofit scheme which is badly needed in Ireland now at the moment they decided to scrap that so they decided Ireland didn't need it then you know so there's like there's a lot of different um, problems with, with policy from government especially with housing and, and, so, and discrimination against the islands then it would be like, yeah, like there one, say one government department, like I said, the Department of Agriculture will take into account that it costs 30%, 30% extra to build on an island. And then you have another department then that just ignores it. Like, so it doesn't, it doesn't add up. So there needs to be some cohesion. So at the moment, all government parties, there's an Departmental Committee for Islands looking at government policy across all departments. Um, but the process started, say, way back in 2020, just before COVID, so it was held up for a while. But we're hoping that it'll, the recommendations and the policies will come out at the end of this year. Um, but this housing study, we're hoping that will kind of give proper um, fact-based research, you know, that's, um, that we can stand over to, to advise the policymakers. You mentioned uh, a moment ago that the report that you're talking about, Housing and Sustaining Communities on the West Cork Islands, was written by uh, Siobhan O'Sullivan and Elaine Desmond of the School of Applied Social Studies uh, and Institute for Social Science in the 21st Century at uh, UCC. Well, Siobhan uh, joins me on the line. Uh, Dr. Siobhan O'Sullivan, good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. Thank you, Adrian. Siobhan, this is actually a very concerning report in in terms of of, of what it's saying about our island life. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, just yesterday, the Taoiseach said that housing is the most urgent and most important social problem that's facing our society at this time. And like the rest of the country, island communities are facing that issue too. But for them, Adrian, there is an additional threat that the housing crisis poses. And it's what John has just said in terms of depopulation. And if there's the loss of those small island communities, it doesn't just have a major impact on people's lives. We could also lose a really vital part of Ireland's heritage. So what we're calling for in the report is that people need access to good quality, affordable housing on the islands to sustain full-time populations and prevent depopulation. So a lot needs to be done. And what I'm hearing and what I heard a moment ago uh, from John on, on Bear Island is that there, you know, on the one hand, there's, there's a recognition that it is more expensive to live on an island. But on the other hand, uh, it is made much more difficult with grants and so on uh, being withheld from islanders. Absolutely. And, you know, John has captured really well uh, many of the issues that, that islanders are, are facing and also that newcomers face if they want to move onto islands. So there's the lack of, of houses for sale in the first place. There's the high cost of buying those that come up for sale. So people feel they're priced out of the housing market effectively. Uh, or if they want to get planning, that can be very difficult. Uh, if they want to build, they face those high costs. Our research also shows there's very particular issues for renters on the islands who can't access long-term rental accommodation and don't have housing security. So some have said they have to leave the islands or they're even facing into homelessness. 
Um, and there's also issues around the extent of dereliction on the islands, and this is a nationwide problem too. But people on the islands would like to see derelict houses put back into use. And John mentioned the retrofit scheme and, you know, the issues over, over costs. There is, you know, a lot of concern in our research as well on the poorer quality of inhabited island homes. So what has come out of our research is that islanders have said they have lots of difficulties keeping their houses warm. These are older houses than on the mainland. Islanders are facing extreme weather as well, including the impact of climate change. And islanders said to us, you know, they're facing lots of issues around damp. They're restricting the use of, of their homes to certain rooms. If the weather, you know, wind blows in the wrong direction with rain, they could have water running down the inside of their, their rooms. So they need, you know, greater grants to, to be able to retrofit and build. Some, some will say, though, that, you know, the islands themselves are extremely remote. Uh, they're off, uh, off our southwest coast, which would be battered by weather uh, that other parts of the island of Ireland uh, don't ever see. And that's uh, the price of island life. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, every island actually differs, and I think we, we'd make that clear as well. Um, you know, the seven West Cork Islands, they differ in terms of size, location, distance from the mainland, population, all those kinds of issues. But, you know, these are unique places. They're really important in Ireland. They're, they're important not just economically to, to our tourism, but they're important places in terms of heritage and culture, the environment. They're, they're great places of natural beauty and conservation. And they're places that people love. They want to remain on them. They want their families to be able to live there. And they want to welcome new residents too. Uh, so I think, you know, they're hugely resilient places, but they need support to sustain their way of life. As okay, well. I want to go down to uh, the most southerly uh, island in Ireland, and that is Cape Clear Island. And uh, Martine uh, joins us on the line from, from Cape Clear. Uh, Martine, good afternoon and welcome to News Talk. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, News Talk. Now, uh, Martin, uh, tell me about the problems that are specific to Cape Clear Island. Okay, so Cape Clear Island, which is Ireland's, you know, home to Ireland's southernmost community, is 45 minutes by sea from Baltimore, and then in the summer there's a service from Skull as well. And um, so actually people now watching the TV, if that people who are watching the weather on RT, for example, they'll see there the last couple of weeks, it's showing um, one of the one of the Cape Clear ferry boats going out around Cape Clear Island and going out to the fastness. So people will be aware of that from uh, that being either side of the weather forecast lately. But anyway, so out on Cape Clear Island, we have an issue where obviously, like all of the islands off the coast of Ireland, where the population has been declining over the decades, and we have a, a unique situation in Cape Clear Island where even like very recently we were applying for planning permission for uh, outline planning permission for gateway housing. I'll explain to you about gateway housing. Gateway housing is housing where you provide long-term affordable housing, whether it be for three years or four years or even two years or whatever. And this is a model that was developed on some of the Scottish islands to allow families or individuals to come and live on the islands and to see, okay, you know, do they really want to live on the island and is it working out for them and to give them a chance to get their feet under them. On Cape Clear Island, which needs families, we have been turning away people. I'm living there for the last 27 years. I moved there with my wife and child and then we had more children and raised our family on the island. And I can tell you that the amount, the number of families that had been turned away from the island because there was no housing. People who wanted to come and live on the island 
send their children to school, etc. And also, you would have young people, young couples or whatever from the island or who might want to come back to the island, but like there's no long-term affordable housing available and they're not able to do that. So recently, we were applying for outline planning permission on a particular site. We have since now bought the site, but we we were in a position where we withdrew the planning application because it was about to be refused and it was about to be refused on the grounds of policy in a country where there is a housing crisis and basically because um, having now, you know, met with officials, etc., only two weeks ago and this all just happened in the last few weeks and basically the situation is we're told that, well, because of the rural housing policy and that, like, a number of houses together could only be built somewhere within an identified settlement boundary. And when I asked to be shown where the identified settlement boundaries are on Cape Clear Island, it turns out there aren't any. So we're in this like kind of, I don't know what to call the whole situation other than ridiculous, really, that like we're in a, a nation with a housing crisis and that just everything is completely against, like we're a community organization now buying a site, wanting to develop four like fully green houses for gateway housing to sustain the island population and everything within even, you know, the national law and the national planning regulatory framework is against us doing that. It's just a Okay, so situation. so in answer to a text that came in to me a moment ago which is uh, which said we're priced out of the housing market on the mainland too, so why would we focus on uh, the islands? Your argument uh, to that message would be it's even worse on the islands. Yes, it would actually. And so so if someone is asking like, well, why would we focus on the islands? Well, actually, so the likes of John and myself and indeed, you know, Siobhan there and Elaine, um, who did the, the research, like, you know, our job is to fight the fight of the islands. So, of course, we're focused on the islands. And do we expect that Ireland as an island nation off the coast of, of an island off the coast of northern Europe, would, do we expect that as an island nation that we would be protecting the culture and the heritage of the islands? Yes, we do. So that's the answer to that texture. All right, let me read out uh, some messages of support. Um, would be a shame to lose island communities, but if it's unsustainable... Uh, sorry, this actually isn't total support. If it's unsustainable, is it not better to resettle them on the mainland and get better services? What do you say to that, Martin? Yeah, I say that, like, okay, so, you know, maybe that's one argument, but, I mean, like, on the other hand, you know, do we want to lose Ireland heritage and culture and lose it for, you know, lose it for good? Because, I mean, that's what you would be talking about. Obviously, we don't. Equally, you know, you could make the the argument that maybe, you know, all the people on the island of Ireland should be moved over to mainland Europe. You know, that's a, that's a, that, that would be a similar argument. All right, Martin. Thanks very much indeed. I want to read out a couple of you, a couple more of your uh, messages. My mother was from the Aran Islands. She left it when she was in her early twenties, but talked about it for the rest of her life. Islanders are very special people who carry the islands in their heart forever, says Sheila. And uh, another very similar message: uh, the islands are a special part of our culture, and everything should be done to maintain them. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.
earlier on on the show, we were speaking about um, how more needs to be done to protect island communities off the coast of Ireland. Uh, new research shows that the islands off the Cork of West, Co- uh, West Cork are at risk of the loss of entire communities due to the uh, housing crisis. And we got a number of messages actually earlier on from uh, listeners saying, we have a housing crisis in the whole country, why should we concentrate on the islands? Uh, other messages were saying uh, things like well if, if, if life is that tough living on one of the islands well come and live on the mainland um, and Neve, uh, you are you live on one of the Aran Islands which one? Hi Adrian I live on Inishmore Inishmore okay and why did you get in contact with us? Well I mean the, the, the housing issue is obviously a national issue but it appears to be more on the islands as we only have a limited stock Planning permission is notoriously difficult. There are no developers out here building houses. So it's really on a case-by-case basis. So if we end up allowing all of the empty houses then to become holiday homes or people with second houses to become holiday homes, we really cause an issue for the existential um, possibility of us staying here on the islands. So it really is existential for, for islanders. Okay, now, it was mentioned earlier on about the difficulties with, for example, planning permission uh, on the islands being much more uh, drawn out. Um, Is that the case on Inishmore? Absolutely, yes. In my own experience with uh, family members applying for planning permission, it has been very, very difficult to get get a, a house on the ground here. Is it, is it because it's just a slow process or uh, the council doesn't want to give planning permission? Well, there's a lot of, of reasons why they would reject a house. Often it is because of the environment, the national environment, na- natural environment that we are in. But also they want you to be able to show that you have links to the island in your formative years. So if you haven't gone to school on Inishmore, it's very difficult to get planning permission to build a house out here. Now, there are plenty of people from the islands who went to school on the mainland so they would fit into that category of, of not being able to prove that they had links to the island. So it really makes it very difficult. It's like who's deciding what's an islander? How do you define the word islander in that regard? You know, an islander should just be somebody who decides they want to live full time on an island. And, and you obviously believe that that should be open to all. I think anybody who wants to make an island their permanent home, then yes, they should be they should be included in that as becoming islanders. You know, there's a lot of people that have decided to come and live out here full time and they have their children here, but they may not have any family member who has a piece of land or they may not be about to um, inherit a, a house. And therefore, they're left with the very small amount of housing stock that we have available for full time rentals. And we see people with young children moving away from the island because they have nowhere to live. But even similarly, you try to find somewhere to live in Galway and you're, you're up against the same problem, that there simply aren't houses there to move. So let me ask you then, uh, in terms of, of living on uh, Inishmore, uh, it's one of the most beautiful parts of Ireland. I was there uh, last summer on a day when it was 25 degrees and I could have been anywhere in the world. It was amazing, it really was. <laughs> Tell me what it is, though, that that makes island life so irresistible. It was certainly irresistible to me that particular day, but that wasn't uh, the middle of winter in the middle of a storm. Well, I guess it's everybody has their personal reasons for wanting to live here, much like anywhere else. 
But for me, to speak for myself, I've I've travelled the world. I've lived in several countries abroad. And I think from going away and seeing how seeing other places, it made me see the beauty of the of the islands. I love the community spirit that we have here, where everybody knows everybody else, that if you're in trouble with something, there'll be always somebody there to help you out. You don't get that in cities. You get it in rural areas on the mainland. But there's something very special about having this unique border around the island, which is the sea, that keeps us here. So in bad weather, I mean, my ancestors come from the islands. I often think about them before when there was when they had no electricity and, you know, when they didn't have insulation in their houses. Things would have been very different. So I guess I feel more more connected to them. And also I like to read about the island a hundred years ago and see the see the comparisons and how we've come so far. It's like a little a small a small um how would you say it? It's like taking a snapshot of, of Ireland and and shrinking it right down and mm. there you have an island. Let me ask you then, you, one of the things you're saying is if you don't have a connection with one of the islands, it is very, very difficult to get planning permission to build anything on any one of the uh, islands. You obviously believe that that should be relaxed in some way to uh, to increase the population of the islands? It's not so much to increase the population, but to keep people on the islands and, and stop the depopulation of the islands. Then yes, I don't think it should be that difficult for somebody who's from here that has their own piece of land and wants to put a house on it so they can stay living here. I don't think that a council sitting in the mainland who may never have even visited the islands is allowed to make a decision on, on that. I mean, if they had, if you have nowhere else to go, then you end up leaving the island. And where do you go? Down to Galway. You can't find somewhere to live and you end up in homeless accommodation. When you actually have a piece of land that you can put a house on, but you're not allowed to do it. Mm. It just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so in order to keep the uh, island communities vibrant, it needs to be made easier for uh, people to continue generation after generation living there. It needs to be made less difficult to, to keep people here, yeah. Do you worry about the future about of the island? Or, uh, I mean, Inishmore would be one of the, the more solid islands uh, around our coast. Do you worry about its future? I would, yeah, I would worry about it because of the housing stock that we have. When a house becomes goes for sale on the market, often it's priced out of a range that the islanders could afford. And then so it gets sold to somebody from the mainland that is using it as a second or a third home. So it sits there empty. We have a lot of derelict and vacant housing here on the islands. That's unnecessary. So I think that a lot of these homes, it's, it's quite sad now when you drive around and you see houses that, you may have known the family that used to live there and now it's somebody from the United States or somebody that's a faceless person that you're never going to meet that now owns the house and it's lying there empty while you see families packing their bags and leaving the islands for the mainland because they've nowhere to live. I mean, if we continue to go this way where people are buying the houses not as a, as a home but as an asset, then we're going to continue to see the depopulation of the islands. So yeah, the future is grim unless something changes. Neve, thanks very much indeed for talking to us on uh, Lunchtime Live this afternoon. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.